Chapter Twenty Nine of Born Again by Alfred Lawson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recorded by Gabby Cowan. My sojourn in the Waldoria Hotel was a rather pleasant one in many ways. I enjoyed the luxury and refinement of the surroundings. The harmonious music of the orchestras was pleasant to listen to and the magnificent paintings and beautiful works of art were pleasing to the eye i also took some pleasure in wearing the different suits of fine clothes with which i had been supplied and in making my own person appear as well as possible in the eyes of others i even enjoyed entering the spacious and luxurious restaurants and eating sparingly of some of the delicious viands prepared by the scientific chef in fact the many delightful advantages to be derived from living at the waldoria directly appealed to me as being some of the blessings supplied by nature for all human beings to enjoy but still there was a serious drawback to my thorough and absolute enjoyment of these conditions when i took into consideration the fact that i was in no way responsible for their existence i was accepting something from the community but giving nothing in return i felt that in living at the waldoria and doing no work for the community i was like a great sponge soaking up the life-blood of honest toil and returning nothing for the sustenance it afforded me i felt that i should at least go to work and do something that would help to pay for my keeping true it was that i had the money to pay for these things but where did the money come from where does all money come from to have money to pay for things does not mean that one has earned them so i decided that i would go to work as soon as possible and give to the community an equivalent for the things i enjoyed but then the great difficulty arose when i tried to find something to do it made little difference what kind of work i should engage in as long as it was of a productive nature but when i went around looking for employment i discovered that there was none to be had it is certainly a most unnatural system which fails to utilize all the power at its command for the good of universal production and it seems hard to realize that such conditions can exist but during my wanderings from street to street store to store and factory to factory throughout the great commonwealth of new york i discovered that besides myself there were also thousands of other earnest men tramping the streets willing but unable to find work at last however I was put in the peculiar position of having to pay to work. One day, after a week of unsuccessful attempts to obtain employment, I ran across one of the sub-bosses of the street cleaning department. Making known my desire to him, I was amazed when he told me that he would let me work on condition that I paid him twenty-five dollars for the job and promised to give him ten percent of my wages each month he informed me that all of the men under his charge had to do likewise 
in fact he intimated that in order to hold his own position as sub-boss he had to pay this money to bosses higher up in the department and so in order to feel that i was at least doing something for the community to earn my right to live i was forced to pay for the opportunity and also to aid in keeping alive one of the many systems of craft which unnaturally swallows up the results of honest men's labor so i began work as a street sweeper a position looked upon generally as one of the lowest in the scale of human employment why the man who sweeps the streets making clean and wholesome the thoroughfares which have to be travelled constantly by the people and saving the public from filth and disease should be looked down upon by the rest of his fellow beings for doing this great service seems beyond the limits of sane reasoning but such is the case in this world where money is the god worshipped by all an illustrative incident occurred while i held the unique position of a street sweeper and at the same time being a guest at the fashionable waldoria hotel i had become acquainted with many of the wealthy guests of the place who no doubt supposing me to be a man of riches courted my society to some extent in fact i had become rather popular among the permanent residents there was one family in particular a certain mrs snipe and her two daughters who took every occasion to pay me attentions until one day as i was engaged in my daily work on the street some distance from the hotel i noticed a carriage approaching which held mrs snipe and her brood they were all looking straight at me but gave no sign of recognition as they passed along that evening after i had changed my working clothes which by the way resembled the white dog outfit worn by an african explorer and having left them in the tool house i went home and attired myself in evening dress again i met the snipe family in one of the foyers of the hotel the old lady accompanied by her eligible daughters approached me and said mr Combert, i have something awfully funny to tell you it is just too funny to keep to myself you have a double we saw him today now don't get angry when i tell you where we saw him and who he is but he resembled you so much that if it were not for the position he occupied i should have sworn it was you he was a member of the street sweeping brigade and if you wish to see him just go over to fifth avenue and twenty-sixth street to-morrow and you can see for yourself there now you're not angry are you no answered i the person you refer to i have seen many times there is nothing to be angry about certainly not because he holds the honourable position of cleaning the streets which you have to travel honourable retorted mrs snipe you must be joking i cannot understand how an aristocrat gentleman like yourself could otherwise make such an absurd remark i am not joking at all said i in my estimation the street sweeper belongs to the most honourable portion of mankind 
he is downtrodden by society now owing to an unnatural system which permits the strong to take the largest portion of wealth and rule but the day will come when men who sweep the streets or occupy other positions of worth to the community will enjoy the same luxuries and surroundings that you and other non-producers now enjoy they will live in the palaces now occupied by the parasites who do not work such places as the waldoria hotel will be utilized for their benefit and those who do not work those who claim the right to live without labor will be thrown out entirely why mr Combert, what do you mean by talking in such a beastly way if you are so fond of those vulgar street sweepers why don't you become one of them i have i answered the man you saw today sweeping the streets that was none other than myself and i am proud of it you are either joking or else you have gone out of your mind said mrs snipe with a look of disgust but upon my reiteration that i was really the man she saw both she and her daughters abruptly left my presence and never looked at me afterwards they no doubt communicated the text of our conversation to the different people of the hotel also for i discovered later that the other guests with whom i had become acquainted not only refused to converse with me but regarded me as an a sort of curiosity or peculiar freak of nature they would pass me on the street where i was working at different times in their gorgeous carriages and calling each other's attention would pass jokes at my expense and laugh loud and mockingly at me at first these things troubled me to some degree but gradually i gathered courage to bear their sneers courage such as i had never experienced before i had faced all manner of dangers during my life without fear but i had never known the real meaning of courage until i made up my mind to do right under all conditions and accept the ridicule of my fellow-beings without resentment in my humble position i could now appreciate the philosophy and the true greatness of the sage woman's beautiful lessons of unselfishness i felt that i was just beginning to get strong strong in the grandest attribute a human being can possess moral courage the great sage woman's teachings of forbearance were beginning to take root in my nature i was learning to understand that i must work and feel for others regardless of my own selfish desires one day while i was busily engaged in my daily toil my attention became attracted to a big fashionably dressed man standing on the sidewalk nearby calmly smoking a high-priced cigar he was apparently about thirty years of age six feet tall and weighed over two hundred pounds he was beastly in appearance and looked as if he considered his own selfish wants as the only things in the world worth attention he probably had never done an honest day's labor in his life a ragged old man about sixty years of age who apparently had given his whole life to productive toil but now feeble and half starved in appearance approached and appealed to him for a few cents 
with which to buy something to eat the big fellow roughly told him to go along and not bother him and the old man not doing as he was ordered the young man deliberately swung his fist and struck the poor beggar between the eyes knocking him senselessly to the pavement for a moment i was dumbfounded by this exhibition of brutality and then instantly every drop of blood in my body was set boiling at the sight i lost control of myself my old-time pugnacious spirit asserted itself and i sprang forward like a maddened bull striking the brute a vicious blow upon the head with my fist and sending him sprawling several feet away as he scrambled to his feet in a dazed condition i rushed forward furiously with the intention of felling him to the ground after allowing him to regain his feet i raised my arm to deal a well-directed blow with all my strength when something within me suddenly cried out don't strike don't make a brute of yourself because the other did let the law take its course and as i hesitated momentarily there passed through my mind like an electric flash these words always consult your soul for advice do no act your conscience will not sanction then instantly recognizing the mandate i had so faithfully promised the great sage woman to obey i overcame my rage and allowed my arms to fall to my sides without striking another blow two policemen hurriedly approached the scene i stated what had occurred and requested them to take the bully to jail to my surprise however at the command of the well-dressed ruffian who i afterward learned was a wealthy financier both myself and the beggar were taken to the station house i was fined ten dollars and the poor old man was sentenced to jail for thirty days while i knew that in this case the law of justice had been misapplied in favor of the cowardly wretch with money nevertheless i felt that i had gained incalculable strength in self-control by not acting contrary to the warning of my soul and making of myself the same kind of a brute as the one whom i had intended to injure End of chapter 29 Recorded by Gabby Cowan in Kingston, Ontario, Canada